Welcome to the IASA Podcast Network. I am Rich Voltz, Associate Director of the Illinois Association of School Administrators. Today, our guest is Dr. Don Mendoza, Deputy Superintendent of Round Lake School District. The topic of this podcast is competency-based high school graduation. We share the IASA podcast on Twitter, Facebook, our website, and in our IASA app. You can also find the IASA podcast by subscribing to it in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and other places where you can listen to podcasts. So, Dr. Mendoza, tell us a little bit about your district. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Dr. Volz. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell our story. Uh, So Round Lake District 116 is a large unit district located in Lake County. Uh, We have roughly 10 uh, school facilities. We have a a large high school, two middle schools, and then uh, several elementaries and a kindergarten center. Uh, We are uh, a diverse school district, about 75% of our population is Hispanic, and almost 70% of our uh, students are considered low income. We have a high ELL population and typically score below standards on standardized tests in the district. That's a little bit about Round Lake. Yeah, thank you. Can you give us an overview of what the term competency-based high school graduation means? Sure. Uh, Competency-based graduation basically allows schools to replace high school, traditional high school graduation course requirements with an alternative system of the district's design where credits are earned based on demonstrated levels of mastery on specific skills and standards, as opposed to a traditional setting uh, in which students earn credit uh, which with designated seat time over the course of a semester. So what prompted your district to consider this new approach for high school graduation requirements? Well, when we saw the, uh, the initial pilot application, we were very, very excited. And I would say that because a lot of the key elements of a competency-based model are, were already current practices uh, at Round Lake High School. Uh, Specifically, the pilot aligns with our current instructional philosophy about education in in primarily two areas. Number one, grading the standards. Uh, So at our high school, we've been implementing a standards-based, skills-based grading approach for probably between five and seven years. And the other thing that we have been implementing through this journey is our belief in mastery learning, which basically supports the notion that if students are provided with enough time and support, Uh, all students can achieve at high levels. Uh, A mastery learning model basically allows students to be assessed multiple times on specific skills as opposed to, you know, maybe one summative assessment. And then over time, the most recent assessment on that particular skill is weighed more heavily than maybe the initial time the student was assessed. So I guess the easy way to describe it is we do not determine grades based on averages over a course of semester. Grades are determined based upon levels of mastery on skills that we say are important for student learning. So that's basically how it works. How do your parents uh, react to this new system? 
Well, like I said before, um, really the, uh, the primary benefit for us that we saw in applying for, applying for the pilot was that we immediately received multiple waivers as part of the, uh, the application process. So there really was no change for our families and students in terms of um, instructional practice and the manner in which we determine grades. But what we were allowed to do was we had the 300-minute seat time requirement waived. Uh, the, app, the pilot approval also includes a calendar waiver. So essentially, we are on a unit district calendar. But if at any point in time we decide uh, our high school can be on an alternative calendar uh, than that of our middle and elementaries, and the other thing is that we are able to uh, exempt students from physical education um, if needed. And so we saw the flexibility as the biggest benefit. But I would say for our families, they didn't really notice a change in terms of our grading and instructional practices. So that was a benefit to us. Who did you pull into this planning process and how long did it take to be ready to implement so one of the uh, one of the things we learned is that uh, I guess the analogy I would create is that we were able to build the plane the plane while we were flying it. So the expectation from the ISBE is that uh, you were allowed during the first year, even after you received the uh, approval to participate, is that you did not have all of the detail plans solidified. So while we had our instructional practices, our grading systems in place, we did assemble after learning that we had pulled or that we had approved, had the pilot approved, we pulled together a building level team of teachers representative across all departments in our high school uh, to plan, prepare, and implement uh, for the pilot. Um, the other thing we did is we used that group as a learning group. Uh, so not only did we plan, but we actually reviewed literature, looked at research, looked at what other school districts and states were doing relative to implementing competency-based education uh, so that we increased our own knowledge about how to do that in the best way. Um, the other thing we did is that we vetted the concept with our teachers association. Uh, we have a strong working relationship with our teachers union we vetted it every step of the way with them, and we made it very clear that the goal of participating was not to eliminate positions, but rather to adjust the manner in which our teaching and learning is delivered to our students. Uh, so that was a really positive thing. So was there any cost related to implementing a program like this, and was there any grant money available? Well, first of all, there was no grant money available, so we were, uh, you know, grateful to participate. But what I would say is there would be no other the, the costs that were uh, that were incurred were not outside of any other costs that would be incurred with any other regular course. So at the high school level, sometimes if you're implementing new courses, there might be associated supply costs uh, with that implementation. And so what I would say is there was, was not really a net increase in cost beyond what we would normally spend anyway to implement our regular courses. Okay, so how does this competency-based high school graduation differ from traditional high school graduation requirements? Yeah, no problem. Um, so I would say in a traditional setting, and one that probably you participated in and I participated in, uh, we earned our high school credit over the course of a semester after having 
you know, sat through the class for the entire semester. And then we likely took summative tests over the course of the semester, maybe a final exam. Well, in a competency-based model, you don't have a seat time requirement. So theoretically, you could master, a student could master those specific skills required of that course prior to the end of the semester, right? And in that case, the student could perhaps go on to the next class, um, maybe a little bit earlier. And in some instances, based on how they perform on maybe some summative assessments, they might even receive credit. Um, They might like test out of the class for lack of a better term. Um, The other thing is in a traditional learning environment, uh, traditional learning environments are geared primarily for the whole classes, whereas competency-based education is more personalized to the learner. It provides the teacher with greater flexibility to customize the learning process. And then I guess the other thing, and I've alluded to this a little bit, in a traditional model, time is held constant while the learning varies. So if you, you know, teach, test, move on. In a competency-based model, we want the learning to be held constant. So while the time can vary, so we believe that some kids need more time to master standards and some kids need less time to master standards. And with the flexibility, uh, the, the seat time waiver provides us, we're able to do that at a higher level. And I can give you examples if you wanted of things that we're actually doing, actualizing in a, in a competency-based setting if you wanted yeah, because that that brings up just the traditional high school schedule. So, right, if students are, you know, mastering the competencies in in the fourth week of the semester, what happens? What class do they go to? Yeah, so we're not there yet. What I would say, and let me let me start at the beginning. Here are some examples of things we're doing uh, right now, and things we will be doing this year, and then I can talk about next steps. So this year, in our first year, we implemented this model in a U.S. government class. We implemented a mastery release system. So if the teacher gave a formative assessment and the students mastered those standards, they, in some cases, wouldn't have to come to class the next day. And that allowed the teacher to focus on the students who maybe didn't master the formative in a more personalized setting. And then those students were provided, uh, that didn't have to come, were provided with perhaps some enrichment activities, and they basically went to other areas in the building, more common spaces. We also have, uh, we're implementing an, uh, in one of our English classes where we're grouping the freshmen with multiple teachers based upon how they're performing on the formative and summative assessments. Uh, so, you know, for a two-week period, you know, the class may look, look you know, like this. And then when the kids are reassessed, certain students may end up going to another teacher who focuses on another specific skill. Um, Another example is we are allowing our world language students to take the ACTFL test, A-C-T-F-L, I believe. And essentially that assesses by literacy skills. And if students are able to test out, for example, of Spanish 1, they can immediately start taking Spanish 2 um, and yet earn credit for both uh, because essentially they've mastered the skill uh, for that course one class. Another example, the last one I'll give you, and I could go on and on, is students will be able to earn credit uh, for participating in the musical 
Uh, we offer drama one and two at our high school and the students who are participating in the drama, be it actually in the play or maybe on the set, will be uh, able to demonstrate ma practical mastery for the same standards and can earn credit for those, um, for, for those courses. And then we're also allowing kids to, we have a Fitbit program in PE uh, that allows students to demonstrate the fact that they're engaging in fit activities and don't have to show up to PE every day. So essentially, I guess what I would say is if you think of a more traditional college type of environment, uh, those are some of the examples that I can give you. I would say the next big thing for us, Dr. Volts, is looking at our master schedule because we still are on a traditional schedule. We have a nine-period day, 45-minute periods for each um, for each period, and we're looking at trying to do something different with that. But we have not gotten there yet on that. What would you say to school superintendents who might be considering using this type of a model? So I would say is don't rush it. Um, I think slow and steady is a better approach. And rather than immediately jumping in, I think time has to be spent with the teachers and the administrators in terms of understanding what competency-based education is. Because if you don't change the mindset of how teaching and learning is delivered, I don't think this model will be successful. I would just say we good, bad, or indifferent, happen to be implementing some of those initial components for several years prior to the application even being available, which put us a little bit ahead in terms of changing the mindset and getting our teachers to buy in and support the concept. Okay, earlier when you were describing your district, you were saying your students are performing below standard-based. So how is this affecting your student growth scores? So, well, again, we're, we're in our first year. Well, well, I can tell you at the high school level, it's not really growth, but we saw a significant increase in our SAT, ELA, and math scores, the percentage of kids that um, met the SAT college readiness benchmarks. We also map test all of our freshmen and sophomore at Round Lake. So that's 500 students um, at each grade level. So I would say we are seeing growth with that. Uh, we have the highest number of sophomores reading and performing uh, at grade level in math than at any time I can remember. But I would say some of the other things we're seeing are, uh, you know, greater flexibility in terms of being able to support individual needs of kids, being able to customize the one, you know, the ninth through 12th grade experience for what kids are interested in. Um, I can tell you, and this is one that I would, it's just so telling, is we, per, we require in social studies, government and in English, these capstone projects um, in order to pass the classes. In English, it's a writing activity. And in, um, in uh, our government class, it's basically a project-based system. The quality, now think about this, the quality and the degree to which those are being turned in are the best they've ever been, yet kids are actually in class less than they've ever been. And what's that, I think, it, you know, empowering our kids, giving them greater flexibility in making choices regarding what the learning looks like, uh, we see is a significant uh, positive in, in the motivation of our kids. And we think it's just going to get better as we continue to build out this program. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Mendoza, for 
talking to us about this uh, new innovative program, and it sure looks like it has some very good results that you're going to be able to continue into the future. Yeah, and we're going to keep tracking it because we know the bottom line is this is all about improved student outcomes, and we absolutely believe in being held accountable, and we're going to continue to measure our success moving forward with this model. So thank you for the time. I I sincerely appreciate it. Okay, talk to you later.